It's just recording. So we on Daf Lamed Amud Bet. Please God, we'll finish the Amud today. We'll finish the Perik today, and we'll start the next Perik. So we ended off the last Amud looking at uh, Musaf and how you can daven. There's an a, there's three a three way opinion. One opinion says uh, that you need to daven Musaf uh, with a minion. You can't not because it's a communally orientated filler because it's based on the communal offering of uh, Musaf. Um, another opinion said that you don't need the Chachomim hold, you don't need a minion. You can daven on your own. And then, third opinion, in the name of the Tanakama, um, he said that you can, uh, what it means by davening with a minion is that if the minion is davening, then you don't have to daven. But if there's no minion davening, then you do have to daven. So basically, you fulfill your mitzvah through the minion. So this is what the Mishnah says. Rabbi Lazarin Azariah is the one who says that you don't daven Musaf except with a minion. Chachomim say you can daven as a yachid, you have to. And Rabbi Yehuda, in the name of Rabbi Lazarin Azariah, says that um, uh, if there is a minion in the town, then you are exempt because they daven for you, basically. Um, uh, so... Um, uh, we seem to be holding that uh, you do like the third opinion of Rabbi Yehuda in the name of Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, that when you daven, uh, that if there is a minion, then you don't have to daven in your city. But if there isn't, then you do. Um, uh, Yotav, we in the third line. Yativ Rabbi Hanina Kara Kamed Rabbi Yanai. Rabbi Hanina, um, the, he... He was uh, a, he was the reader. Um, he was a professional. Sorry, Rabbi Hanina, the reader, sat before Rabbi Yanai. So he was like an expert in psukim. Um, he sat before Rabbi Yanai. and he said, "Alocha Rabbi Yehuda." The alocha is like Rabbi Yehuda. Sheamar that says, "Mishum Rabbi Lazar ben Azaria." He said in the name of Rabbi Lazar ben Azaria that um, you, as long as the community is davening in a minion, then you don't have to daven. Amalai, so Rabbi Yanai says back to him, Puk kra karach, go and take your psukim out. You know, go out, get out. Um, Levarat, outside. What? Because you are wrong. The aloch is not like Rabbi Yudah, Shaman Mishim Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah. Um, uh, who's it like? It's unclear. But uh, from here, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Anira Iti, and this proves a bit more what it is. I saw, Rabbi Yochanan says, I saw at Rabbi Yanai, that Rabbi Yanai Ditsali, he davened uh, alone, privately. Vaharat Sali, and then he davened again alone. So he davened Shachrit and Shabbos alone, and then Musaf alone. Which shows you that you have to daven even if you're alone with Musaf. Amalei Rabbi Yirmiya, le Rabbi Zaira, mikara lo kivendate, kivendate. Maybe what Rabbi Yochanan saw that he davened twice was that he first... <coughs> Excuse me. He first davened the Amida to, and he didn't have enough kavona, in, especially in the opening brocha, and therefore he decided to daven again. He had to daven again. So the the reason why he davened uh, twice isn't because he was davening Musaf alone. It was because he was davening Shachrit again. Um, Amalei Chazi Man Gavra Rabba de Kamasad Alai. So uh, he, so Rabbi, uh, they responded to him 
um, uh, who is the man, this great man, that, that testified to what Rabbi Yanai did? It was Rabbi Yochanan. So Rabbi Yochanan knew what he was testifying to. He's not a regular person. He's a very great man. And therefore, um, uh, we can assume that what he testified to is correct. That uh, Rabbi Yanai davened alone to show you that the halacha is like Rabbi Chachomim, that you don't have to daven, you, don't, you have to daven Musaf even as a yachid, even as an individual. Rabbi Ami and Rabbi Asi, Rabbi Ami and Rabbi Asi said, Even though he, there were 12 shuls in Tiveria, in Tiveria lo havi metzalu, he, they wouldn't daven in those shuls, they would only daven in, uh, they would daven between the pillars that uh, where they learned Torah. Um, so meaning this is a, a this is a sugya which which discusses the importance of davening where you learn Torah. It's a very very impo- powerful koach from uh, davening where you learn. So much so that according to this Gomorrah, according to at least what the Gomorrah is suggesting, is they even davened without a minion, rather in the place where they learn, than in a, than with a minion in a place where they don't learn. And this shows again that they daven Musaf as a Yachid. The Rambam though learns this as not, uh, not they, they davened in the place where they learned with a minion. So it seems that the Rambam probably didn't have this piece of the Gomorrah. Um, Itmar, Rav Yitzchak bar Avdimi, Mishum Rabbeinu, um, Rav Yitzchak, the son of Avdimi, in the name of Rabbeinu, Amar, he said, Halokha Kareb Yehuda, the Halokha is like Rabbi Yehuda, She'amar, who says, Mishum Rebbe Lazar ben Azariah, so uh, at the end of this, he's saying, the Halokha is like Rabbi Yehuda, that if the minion is davening, then you don't have to daven, but if there's no minion, then you do, Rabbi Chia bar Abba Tzali, Vaharat Tzali, um, Rabbi Chia Bar Abba, he would daven, uh, and then he, so, okay, so at the end of that, um, so there's a big machloket as to what the aloch is, but we obviously passing today, that even if you're alone, you need to daven Musaf, uh, even without a minion. Rabbi Chia Bar Abba Tzali Vaharat Tzali, Rabbi Chia Bar Abba, he would daven, he davened, and then he davened again. Now why? Why did Rabbi Chia Bar Abba do that? Amalai Rabbi Zaira, my time Avid Marhachi. What's the reason that Master did this? If we say that Rabbi Chiabar Abba didn't have proper intention before he started davening, meaning he daven, didn't daven the first, um, the first brocha of the Amida with proper kavona. A person should always measure himself. If he is able to direct his heart, uh, then he should daven. Then he shouldn't daven. So a great person like Rabbi Chia Bar Abba, he for sure would have prepared himself before davening so that he would know for sure he davened with proper kavona. So why would he daven again? It can't be because he davened the first Amida again. Just by the way, this is as halacha that if you don't have proper intention, which means you're standing before Hashem and you actually uh, have intention for the words of the first bracha of the Amidah, you actually should repeat the Amidah. I saw though um, that because our kavona is so weak, um, if, if we had to daven again, we wouldn't have proper kavona, um, and therefore 
even if you don't have proper kavona, you still it's still considered as if you davened because our tefillah is not so good today. That's what I saw, um, and I think that's how we paskin. Um, but it's very important though to try your very best to have kavona in each of the words of the first brocha of the Amida, the until Magain Avram. Obviously, you should have kavona of the whole time, but especially there. Ella, so it can't be that he davened uh, twice because he didn't daven the first one properly. Maybe it's because he didn't remember it was Rosh Chodesh and uh, he forgot Yalev Yavo. And this is a sobering type of Gemara for me because you know, I've already forgotten, for example, a number of times. But you know, I'm, uh, I'm not in terrible company. But isn't it taught? If you make a mistake and you don't mention Rosh Chodesh in Mariv, you don't have to go back and daven again. Because you can say, you can mention the uniqueness of the day with the at Shachrit. But Shachrit, if you forget it at Shachrit, you don't have to repeat that. Because you can daven Musaf. And when you daven Musaf, you mention Rosh Chodesh. What if you daven a regular Amida without a proper Rosh Chodesh Musaf? Still, you don't. Uh, you don't go back, you don't repeat it, because you're able to say it at Mincha, um, which is your last chance in Rosh Chodesh to say it. Obviously, if you forget it at Mincha, then you have to repeat it. So now, the Gemara, so this is saying that if Rabbi Chiyabar Abba forgot Yalev Yavo in, in his davening, he wouldn't have to repeat it because he can have another option to daven it again, um, either at uh, Shachrit, Musaf, or Mincha. So the Gemara answers, Amalai, so he responded, Love it, Marla, wasn't it said on ya, Amar Yochanan Betzibur Shanu, that Betzibur, uh, it was different. So why did Rabbi Chiyabar Abba daven again? Because he wasn't davening with a minion. But if he daven in a minion, then true, you can daven again later on. And now what's the reason why? We don't hold like this, but the reason why is is twofold. One is because if you forget Yalev Yavo and there's a minion and there's a Shalech Tzibur, there's a Chazan, then you're able to listen to the repetition of the Amida and through that you fulfill your mitzvah of the Amida. Um, uh, and secondly, because you're going to mention it to yourself in a later tefillah, you allow to then that the, the two forces of davening and listening to the repetition of the Amida and um, having the option to mention the holiness of the day later on, that's when uh, together you can you're actually exempt from repeating the amida. Um, but and that's why because he was davening alone though he davened twice because he never had that ability to daven with the community. Um, there is another explanation to this, and it doesn't mean b'tzibur shanu as in the community. It's more that you you had a you were the chazan. And uh, what that's saying is that if you forget uh, the Amida, if you forget Yalev Yavo in your private Amida, you you can you just you do the you do it in the repetition. Um, uh, you don't go back. Um, uh, but uh, because as a Shalech Tzibur, you don't want to waste the community's time. Um, and in that way, you uh, don't land up. Uh, then you, you, your repetition of the Amida, even though that's for the community, will count as your own Amida. Okay, uh, now now that we're talking about going back 
um, and repeating the Amidah or davening Shachrit and then davening Musaf straight after, Kama Yisha Bain Tefillah Litfila. How long should you wait between a prayer and another prayer? Like if you have to repeat the Amidah or you are making up for a lost filler, like you're davening to Mariv Amidah because you miss Mincha, or you are davening Mincha, Shachrit, and then Musaf straight away. So Rav Huna Rabbi Rav Chista Chad Amar Dato Alav. One opinion says it's in order to shift into a supplicating from the word Tachanun um, type of mind shift. So meaning once you finish the one Amida, you have to get into back into the frame of supplicating before Hashem, and then you can do the second Amida. Chad Amar Dato Alav. That you until you uh, shift into a begging or a or a re- request um, type of frame of mind. Actually, halakhically, they're the same thing, except they're different languages. And the Gemara asked, alav the one that says using the language of that you go into a supplicating frame of mind. as the pasuk says, ve'et chanan el Hashem. This is what. Uh, and I supplicated to Hashem. That was what Moshe did when he davened to go into Eretz Yisrael in uh, in Parshat Ve'etchanan in the Sefer Devarim. Uman alav. And the other opinion that says you um, you must shift into a uh, um, uh, a begging frame of mind. as the pasuk says, Moshe. Moshe entreated. Moshe begged, and that was when Moshe davened for the Jewish people to be forgiven for the golden calf. So both those languages are languages of davening. And the Gemara is saying that if you daven one amida straight of the other, you must revert back to that type of frame of mind before you daven the second amida. Amarav Anan, Amarav, Amarav, If you make a mistake and don't mention Yalev Yavo at Mariv, Ein Machzunoto, you don't go back. Why? Because they would only announce the new month during the day. So if you want to look at contextually what was went on. So the when they announced the new month, the Jewish, uh, there would be witnesses that came from Eretz, all around Eretz Yisrael and tell the Beitin that there was a new month, a new moon. And that was only seen, you know, in as night came. Or later on in the night, and then they made their way during the night to the Beit Hamikdash, to the Sanhedrin, to the Beit Din, and then they would tell them that they saw the new moon, and then they would announce that it's it's Rosh Chodesh today. But last night, retroactively, the world didn't know it was Rosh Chodesh, so it was only when the Beit Din sanctified it. So therefore, they never at Ma'ariv, they never said Yalev Yavo because they only sanctified it in the day. Okay, you got it. So now Amar Ameimar. Um, this makes sense that if you've got a full month, where a full month means it's 30 days long, so you've got two days Rosh Chodesh, the last day of the, f- of the first month and the first day of the next month. Um, that makes sense that since you are only uh, announcing the new moon on the end and um, so the the previous night, the night of the first day of Rosh Chodesh, 
There I can understand why you don't have to repeat it. But once you go into the second day of Rosh Chodesh, you already know it's Rosh Chodesh, so surely at Mariv of the second day of Rosh Chodesh, you need to repeat the Amidah, because you already know that it is Rosh Chodesh. So too, if you've only got um, one day Rosh Chodesh, and it's the month is a 29-day month, so therefore you know for sure that tomorrow, which is the first day of the new month, is going to be Rosh Chodesh. So you need to say, Yalev at Mariv. So meaning the, the question uh, which the Gemara is asking is, I can understand why you don't have to repeat it at Mariv in certain cases. But in other cases where you know for sure it's Rosh Chodesh, you should have to repeat it. And that's the question we have today. Do we, when we know when we're celebrating Rosh Chodesh, do we need to repeat uh, the Amida at Mariv um, if we forget Yalevi or not? Um, so the Gomorrah answers, Amalei Rav Ashi, Rav Ashi said to La Maimar, Michti, is this comparable? Um, uh, or Michti is, um, um, let's see, Michti, let's see, Rav Taimakamar, Rav said a reason that since the, the month was sanctified in the day, you don't say it at night, in the night before. Mali chaser, mali malay. What's the difference if it's a full month or a non-full month? If the month had 30 days or the month had, uh, had, uh, had uh, um, uh, 29 days, what's the difference? Come here, John, and bring a chair here. Um, uh, so, so, yeah. So, go on, um, uh, so, are you still on? Do you want to okay? Um, okay, so, um, so what's the what's the difference? So the Gomorrah the so the re, so the the Gomorrah ends Eleloshna, rather it doesn't make a difference. As the reason why we don't uh, repeat the Amida at night is because since you only sanctify the moon the next day, it it lacks significance to mention it at night. It, so it's not a practical consideration. So even though we today have uh, we know when when Rosh Chodesh is going to be. Um, um, nevertheless, um, uh, because, since we know when Rosh Chodesh is going to be, nevertheless, because we only sanctify the new month in the day, um, we only mention Yalev Yavo in the day, if, unless we remembered it in the night, but you wouldn't repeat the Amidah for Mariv Rosh Chodesh, even the second night Rosh Chodesh, um, if you forget it. Very important halacha to remember. Hadron Alach. Uh, we completed and we go back to you. That's what Hadran Alach means. We'll go back to you this period called Tfilat HaShachar because we always are continuously learning. So even when we finish, we tell Hashem we're going to go back. Okay, so now we're going to start the fifth perik of Brochas. Also a famous perik. You should only stand to Davin from a sense of heaviness of head. What is heaviness of head? It means a sense of seriousness, a serious frame of mind. That's how you should daven. Not in a sense of frivolity, um, but in a sense of uh, seriousness. I once saw a rabbi on Simcha's Torah, um, uh, because you know in Shmini Atzeret, uh, so you, you daven for rain. So uh, he took that a bit far and he was standing in a bucket while he was davening. He was also very drunk, so it was a questionable tefillah. But I don't think that's COVID Rosh, for example. Um, uh, Chassidim, and how far did the early pious, righteous people take this? Chassidim Arishonim, Ayu Shohin Sha'achat Umit Palalim. The 
righteous, original, pious people early on um, in the times of uh, during the Tanaim, uh, not the Hasidim we know today, but Hasidim means pious ones. Um, they would wait an hour and meditate um, and then they would daven. Why? So that their, their hearts were directed to their Father in heaven. Um, so that just shows you how much effort and preparation you need um, to prepare yourself to daven with the proper kavona. Even if the king asks about your welfare while you're having Namida, lo yeshivenu, you mustn't respond to him. If you're in the midst of Tvila, even a king, we saw, I think, early on in the Gomorrah, that if you, depending on between certain paragraphs of the Shema, there you answer, depending on who comes to greet you, is it out of honor, is it out of fear, but when it comes to within the midst of the Amida, it's such a holy uh, thing being in the presence of Hashem, um, even a king who comes to to ask your welfare, you don't respond. Okay. And even if a snake is wrapped around your leg, you mustn't stop davening. Obviously, it's not a poisonous snake. If it is poisonous, then you run and you get rid of it because you don't risk your life for that. Okay. So um, okay. So that just showed you that Mishnah showed you how serious it was, and it is. To prepare yourself for davening, just the interesting points. Um, um, the this hour, normally we when the Gemara says sha'a, an hour, it doesn't always mean an hour. But according to this, the Achronim explained that this really meant an hour. These righteous people would literally spend an hour before the Amidah meditating and preparing themselves to daven to Hashem. Um, today. I think the Prima Gadim, if I remember, he explains it this way, that we actually do similarly. Because we do brochas, korbanot, psukei de zimra, brochas of Shema and Shema before the Amidah, which can take quite a while. So we, in a sense, we not, may not be just meditating, you know, but we are saying psalms and davening that to prepare us to be in the right mindset, which is something very important. And it shows you how you're meant to be preparing for uh, the Amidah. Okay, that's the Gemara. Mena Hanimili. So the Gemara classically asks, where do we know this from? We need a source. It's not good enough to tell us something just logical that you need to prepare yourself for davening. We need a source in the Torah to tell you you need to prepare yourself for davening. Even though it's logical, it's quite amazing. But we've seen this before. We need sources in the Torah because maybe it's too much to prepare yourself for davening in such a way. Maybe you shouldn't... It, uh, it's, it's important to be a, a sense of seriousness when you daven, but maybe it's not obligatory. So we need a source to tell us that it's obligatory. So it says like this, Amar Amakra, the Pasuk says, marat nafesh. This is talking about uh, Chana, when Chana davened for a child. Chana is the mother of Shmuel, and it says that she was bitter of spirit, which showed you that uh, the, the, the commentators explain it doesn't mean you must be bitter when you daven. You actually must be happy when you daven. But it's coming to exclude a sense of levity and like jokingness when you daven. So, um, so that's what it means, marat nefesh, that she was bitter of spirit. Not that we need to daven in bitterness, but that we, need to, we shouldn't be the opposite of bitterness, which is like frivolous or, or, uh, or very uh, joyous, but not just... Not just, but joking around. Okay. 
Mimai, so the Gemara says that's not a good proof. Dilma Chana Shani, maybe Chana was different. Dehavat Merira Libatuva, she was her heart was very bitter. Um, and uh, that's all the verses coming to teach us. But it's not telling us that you need to be bitter when you daven. You know, and she was in a position where she was davening so much for her child. But that's not us. We not that's not a normal case of davening. So maybe that was an exception to the rule, but not the norm. So you can't learn from Chana the the norm according to this Gemara. Um, Ella Amar Rabbi Yosi Rabbi Chanina. Rabbi Yosi Chanina says another exa- another option. Mehacha from here. Vani Barov Chastacha. And King David said, And ah, in the abundance of your kindness, I will come to your house. I.e., it's actually referring here to a synagogue, not to the temple, to my knowledge. I will bow down um, to your temple, your holy temple, in fear. So you see from here that David, King David, davened in fear, which shows that you need to daven with fear. So the Gemara says, Mimai, that's not a good enough proof. Dilma David Shani, David was different. Because he would really um, work extremely hard. He toiled greatly to, to daven for compassion. He, was, he wrote a book about davening for, called Tehillim. So you can't learn from the master of davening that... You know, he went with fear, but maybe that's an exception. Maybe that's a higher level, but we don't have to go with fear. So the Gemara continues. El Amar, Rabbi Yishua ben Laivi, maybe Rabbi Yishua ben Laivi says, Mehacha, from here. Hishtachavu Lashem Bahadrat Kodesh. I will bow down, and this is actually referring to the temple, but it's, it's King David saying to everybody, not just about himself, bow down to Hashem Bahadrat Kodesh in the... In the so this, uh, this I'm not sure if it's actually talking about the temple. No, this pasuk is not talking about the temple. Um, and it's saying that bow down to Hashem um, in, the spl- in your holy splendor. Altikri uh, Bahadrat, don't read uh, it as in the splendor because it's not actually in the splendor. It's not in the temple. El Bechardat, in the fear. So how do you bow down to Hashem in the fear of your, ho- of your holiness? which is a source that David is telling the Jewish people, when you bow down to Hashem, i.e. when you daven, daven with a sense of trepidation and fear. Um, uh, so the Gemara again says, Mimai, that's not a good enough proof. Maybe you, you, you read this Pasuk as Baharadat in fear, but it actually says Bahadrat. So maybe everybody, you should generally learn it, not as in fear, but in splendor. Just as Rav Yehuda would do, he would decorate himself and then he would daven. So what does it mean to daven with splendor? It means to daven looking appropriately, looking good, looking in a splendorous way. I remember my Rosh Yeshiva Rabbi Gofan Zatzal. He, if, if he took off his tar for, uh, for, early, for morning cider, he would, before Mincha, he would go and put on his tar. And you should actually do something that shows you doing something to beautify how you look in order to go before the king. So, so that's also not a good enough proof. Ela amareb nachman by Yitzchak mehacha from here. Ivdu et Hashem beyira vegilu birada. Serve Hashem with fear and rejoice in uh, trembling. Now, how do you rejoice with trembling? That doesn't make sense. 
Normally you don't rejoice while you tremble. So the Gemara says, My Vigilu Birada, what does it mean to rejoice in trembling? Amarav Ada Barmatna Amaraba Bamakom Gila in the place of joy, which is the shul, Shamte Raada. So too there there should also be fear. So meaning it's a mixture of joy and fear. It's not absolute fear and it's not absolute joy, it's tempered joy. It's covered rosh. It's a sense of seriousness that you're doing. You're still very happy you're doing it. But it's with a sense of seriousness. Okay. A buyer, okay, now we're gonna go into some hectic amoras as to how um how um it's the the inappropriateness of being too joyous. Okay, but uh you know I, I it's not so simple, this Gomorrah. We, but nevertheless, I think the lesson is you have to temper your joy because unfortunately we don't have the Beta Megdash and it's a, our joy is never complete. And you'll see, we're going to learn the source for breaking a glass under the chuppah from this Gomorrah. So it says like this, Abaya have a Yativ Kameda Rabba. Abaya was sitting before Rabba. Chaziyadave Kabadach Tuva. He was joking around too much. Right? These, this great, uh, uh, so Abaya was sitting before Rabba, and Abaya was joking around too much. Amar, so Rabba says to him, Vagilu birada, it says that you have to rejoice with the tre- trepidation. Don't be joking around too much. Ketiv, Amalai, Anatfilin Mancha, Na, I'm wearing Tfilin. Now, what does it mean he's wearing Tfilin? How was his response that he's wearing Tfilin? How did that placate? Uh, Rabba's worry that he was joking around too much. So I saw a few explanations. One is that um, tefillin, as soon as you wear tefillin, even though he looks like he's joking around, he's got covered rosh. He's got the tefillin, well, he's saying to Rabba, I obviously have a lot of uh, respect to Hashem because I'm wearing tefillin at the moment. Another explanation is that tefillin actually caused him to have uh, seriousness and respect. It's like impossible almost. That you should wear tefillin and not have the seriousness that comes with it. And a third explanation I saw was that a buyer had a stomach ailment. And it came that he was finally healed and he finally put tefillin on after a while of not wearing it. So he was so joyous that he wore his tefillin and that's why he was joking around. So his answer here is, I'm not joking around because I'm so I'm, I'm trivial and I'm, I'm being lax or joking. For the sake of joking, it's more because I'm jo- I'm celebrating the simcha of the mitzvah. So it is gilu birada. It's a mixture. It's it's being simchadik with seriousness because it's a simcha show mitzvah. Okay. Rabbi Yirmiyah have a yativ kameder Rabbi Zaira. Rabbi Yirmiyah was sitting before Rabbi Zaira. Chazia da have ka badach tuve. He saw uh, he saw that uh, Rabbi Yirmiyah um, was uh, was joking around too much. So he said to him a pasuk, with all the sorrow there is profit. Quite a cynical way, but there's meaning when, when you are sorrowful, there's, if you try and uh, think about it and internalize it, there will be something to be learned from it. That's what he's saying. So why are you joking around too much? Be a little bit more, uh, s- not sad, but a bit more serious. So he responded, I'm wing tefillin. It's the same answer as previously. That's uh, so. Mar um, This Mar, the son of Rabina, he made a wedding for his son. Chazanu 
He saw that the rabbis in attendance at the wedding were joking around too much. So what did he do? Something quite very serious. I take Kasa He brought a very um, expensive glass, um, the bat Arba Mayazuzi, 400 zuz worth. Now that is a huge amount. The, the woman's ketubah is, I think, 200 zuz. And that's meant to feed her for like a year or two. So we're talking about like a lot of money here. That's how um, uh, expensive this, uh, this glass was. The tabar kamayu, and he broke it. And they were now suddenly a bit more sad. Because like, wow, why did you break this? And he, they, he, they obviously got the message. Listen, it's, a, it's a quite a controversial Gomorrah because you know, you're not meant to just break things. So uh, I saw a commentary that it's about, it's about Tashkit, right, to break things. So no, that's only when there's no reason to break something. But here he was teaching a lesson, and that's worth something. So you know, Baltashchit can be uh, wasteful, but uh, I, think, uh, I think it could be the Rambam who says you should always leave a little bit of food over on your plate to teach you like, not to be a glutton. And that's one explanation. So um, uh, isn't that Baltashchit? Aren't you wasting food? No, you're not, because through not eating, you're learning a lesson. So it's not a waste. You know, sometimes you use food to eat, sometimes you use food to learn. Um, um, okay, so, but, uh, and I saw, why is it glass that we break? Why did he break glass? So glass is made from sand, apparently, and we are also made from sand originally, right? Adam, Adama, from the ground. So the, the message here is, don't be too jo- joyful, because we are uh, vulnerable and uh, breakable just like glass and glass you can't put back together once it's broken right so we have to be very cautious about ourselves and treat our lives with a lot of severity and um, that's why he broke a glass Rav Ashi Rav Ashi he made a wedding for his son he saw that uh, his the rabbis they were joking around a lot I took de Zugita Chivarta. He's that he brought this glass of white, a white glass, a a, a a cup of white glass. The Tabar Kamayu, and he broke it in front of them. The Atzibu, um, and uh, they were sad. So what this, and I saw in the commentary that this is what the source for breaking a glass under the chuppah. Because even at the heart of your simcha, when you're getting married, you still have to remember there's no base amygdala, so it's worth placating a bit of that happiness, putting it down a notch to give you that covid uh, rosh. Amaru Rabon and Ravamnuna Zuti. Okay, so, so let's finish here. We've done an Amud. Um, uh, we finished the Perik, and please God, um, tomorrow at 5 o'clock. We will um, do this Amud, um, and next week we'll probably only have one shiur and uh, finish the daf then. Okay.